Join us today on the Final Hour podcast as we talk about the nation of Iran slowly but surely building up troops on the northern and southern borders of Israel, and it seems as if no one's paying attention. We interrupt your program to issue a severe warning for an impending emergency making its way to your area. We urge you to be watchmen of the times and to be prepared with the essential knowledge and supplies for the wake of the final hour. Welcome to the Final Hour Podcast, coming to you from the original Living Word Christian Center out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. My name is Jim Hammond, and... I'm Linnea Farrell. I'm John Gap. And... What? I, I jumped on that too soon? Yeah, he said and. John was yeah. really It's okay. John's really excited to be here. We have a couple uh, explanations for you. Yeah. Um, why we apologize for not being able to go live. Boy. On Friday, we were, uh, at the time, being blocked... Um, by YouTube, yeah, which is a culmination of having episode 55 yanked off the air, yep. and we were given a warning. Yeah, so that's where we're at. Remember, a if, on if the we wrist. ever do disappear slap, off YouTube, you can on get the... us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Rumble. Rumble. And so um, we're gonna forego <laughs> Josiah. Let's get, ready to let's get. Don't say it because then we can get demonetized. We left, <laughs> we left off on halfway through the Josiah um, story, but we may come back to that. We may not. Um, you know, first of all, only time will tell. We need to talk about. Linnea came into the office today, <laughs> uh, extremely bad mood. I was in a very bad mood. So, yeah. can you tell us why? Well. After, you're, you're not doing well after today. thinking about why yeah. I was in a bad mood, John asked, it, why were you in a bad mood? <laughs> I want to target you guys. Very poignant question. It was. Because there's there could be There could be many things. There could be many things. But you know what started it today, guys? Because she's such a peaceful person in the first place. I yeah. am. Yes, very... Um, Loving and kind. And I have wonderful peaceful. experiences working. <laughs> she has a lot of common sense. <laughs> Anyways, you guys, I went to Target to get Easter candy at 8 a.m. this morning. Which, they were out of everything except jelly Target? beans. Plymouth. Which Plymouth? Plymouth. The one like Rockford Road? Yes. The okay. tar my mom's you Target. You should have gone, gone over to Medina. You should have gone over to Medina. That is a 50. haul, John. 8 a.m. I need it's to be work like, at 8.30. Well, That's why like I was late. Seven minutes and away. And not only that, but tops. Starbucks messed up my drink. Oh, and The whole and And, you know, people over. writing in, um, and no offense about, you know, Starbucks. Well, I mean, if you're going to stop getting Starbucks drinks, then you need to stop buying from Procter & Grant Gamble. Uh -huh. There's a lot of demon companies out there, right? There you know are. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of uh, progressive companies. You need to stop buying from Dayton's. Um, would you Dayton's. Call yeah. Day Day <laughs> is Dayton's gone. Yes. Are yeah. they gone? I think yeah. it's like Nordstrom now. Didn't but Target. Target. I don't think you well, should go I to Target to, anymore. Well, Target, you better right. get that Easter candy so, for the weekend of Easter you, you and have it You can't go stocked. anywhere. You can't go anywhere. I was you wondering. You can't buy anything if you're going to take that approach, right? Maybe we so, should start. Stop buying Easter candy and start buying Resurrection Sunday candy. <laughs> you know what, John? I just want a Cadbury <laughs> eggs, okay? okay? How hard is it? 
to find Cadbury cream eggs are the little Cadbury mini eggs that they've literally had since Valentine's Day. Two or three and days before eggs. Easter. It's very hard. Well, you know what's funny? I walked by my Target yeah. um, a few times. I'm like, oh, look at all that candy. I'm good. Every time. I, I probably go to Target foolish like every virgin. other day. Yeah. You foolish <laughs> And then today I was like, cry many is me and four other parents. Yeah. And I looked at this lady. I'm like, seriously? She's like, my kids are going to be so mad. That's why I have a uh, planning wife. Uh, she was like a month ago. She was like, Way to go, Liz. we got we to gotta get candy now. I'm like, what? We have like four, but four see, weeks. I bought candy. And here she is. And we ate it. Winning. My kids ate it. Wrigley, he went like <laughs> straight up ham on that Easter egg candy. I'd rather like a have... I'd rather have hot dogs and hamburgers and Doritos. You know what, Jim? One of the live questions that we didn't get to ask was, what yeah. is Jim's Portillo's, Portillo's order? Portillo's order. Um, three yeah. chili cheese dogs, oh, chili cheese cheeseburger dogs. with everything on it, and a large onion rings and some fries for that my is, dog. That's one that order for his dog. Order. And, and one that's other a question. Big boy order right there. We can't answer all those those questions we're going to do on live, but a guy said, hey, you get, if, if you you said that, you know, if you don't bathe the laws of the land, you're technically breaking the old testament law yes but he said he said what if the government starts to put in laws yeah. that break those laws yeah no is when the government oversteps yeah. and starts breaking the laws of god is when you don't obey yeah. the laws of the land absolutely okay god's and law so, is much higher so yeah and and it's correct john thank you <laughs> And uh, I had the honor of taking a, a tour to Israel with Pastor John Hagee, his wife, Diana, mm -hmm. 15. First of all, I have to say, Jerry is our producer. Oh, yeah. Yay, Jerry. We can't do without I Jerry. Do. Hi. Jerry's money. It's you me. You can't do without Jerry No, I can't. Dupree. No, I can't. And so, Jerry, no, no sound effects for he Jerry. He said today. hi. Wah, wah, wah. And then I did. Okay. Then I answered back. Hi, it's me. Hello. It's a song. You just actually. keep drinking that coffee, Linnea. Remember? Me, you're looking for. So I was no. in Israel with the Hagees, 15 rabbis, 15 pastors. It was a culmination of a program called the Rabbi Scheinberg Fellowship. And it was in an honor of Pastor Hagee's uh, relationship with this this rabbi mm. um, by the name of Rabbi Scheinberg, whose son, who is now a rabbi, was on that tour. Um, rabbi Scheinberg has uh, deceased, right? But the program started a year ago in March 2022. The main thrust of the program was each pastor was paired with a rabbi, and they spent a year studying together. And we did That's multiple... Cool. Um, multiple Zoom calls with Pastor Hagee. And um, in my case, the rabbi I was paired with was Rabbi Alan Sharon, who many of you might know. He's been Living Word's chief advisor on Jewish relations yeah. for the last 25 years. Mm -hmm. um, I really like Alan. And so I did, rabbi. you know, I did the rabbi. Jewish rabbi Memorial Day. I did different things. I learned a lot about the, the, the way I know, I know everything about their government. Didn't um, you go to like a dinner at their house for... Chris. Yeah, we did Shabbat, yeah, Shabbat. Shabbat dinner. He he's a good friend. He was on the tour. The tour lasted ten days. Um, it would start at eight in the morning, go to ten thirty every night. It was it was uh, it was the most condensed. I did more on that tour than I've ever done. Um, one thing I want to talk about today is while on that tour, we were able to tour the Golan Heights, um, and you'll be up there. 
All right. If you go on the tour, on the Final Hour Podcast Tour, we go up in the Golan Heights to a place called the Valley of Tears, and we look over into the Syrian border. And it's a it's a famous battle site mm-hmm. from the Yom Kippur War in 73. Oh, wow. Um, but what I got to see was the, the Golan Heights border with Syria is 45 miles. And we took Jeeps. We jumped in. What's that? A, a Defender 90? My dream really? car. You know, those sweet, those UN. I love them. Yeah. Those UN looking Jeeps. Yeah. But this was the Israelis bringing us in these Jeeps. Um, and, and, you know, we, we toured probably 30 of the 45 miles. And along the way, we stopped. Um, it was in an abandoned building uh, that the Syrians used as their military headquarters before the 1967 Six Day War. And we had um, we had like a briefing. It was like a military type briefing. Interesting. Um, just to remind you, Israel took the Golan Heights from Syria in the Six Day War in '67, and it's very disputed. Remember, Obama said they should give it back. Oh yeah. The problem is when when Syria owned the Golan Heights, they would sit uh, above uh, the city of Tiberias, which yeah. is on the Galilee, and bomb. Yeah, uh, hit hit Israel with artillery. It's just so it's really tactical yeah. um, land yeah. that the Israels had to have, and they took it in the '67 war. Um, so right outside that building, we get a briefing, um, a detailed briefing on what the Israelis are dealing with on the Syrian border in mm. regards to the to Iran and the Russians. And I just want to fill you in on some things that I did not know. Mm. These, as I said, these jeeps ran all across the Israeli defense line, uh, moving north to south on the Golan Heights border. You could say east to west. It's, it's like this. You're kind of doing this, yeah, and we got a close up w- a look of the positioning of all the Israeli tanks, what they're looking at, looking over into Syria. It was amazing. Um, the 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 Golan Heights. You know, I'm trying to give you a picture of this. Is is just full of agriculture. Um, combination of uh, apple orchards. From, they're growing everything from apples. They have multiple vineyards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Israeli wine is some of the most famous wine in the world right now. They they grow, you know, those truffles, those mushrooms, those really expensive yeah. mus- mushrooms. They grow everything up there with um, civilians cultivating huh. it. Isn't it interesting that, I mean, all of the, all of the uh, pieces that you see on Israel all, always looks like desert. Yeah, rocks and cliffs. Yeah, but Israel is not obviously just that. I for the first time it was lush. It was green. I've never seen it uh, like that. And they'd had a lot of rain. Awesome. It rained the whole time we were there. We're in the rain the whole time. Fifty-five degrees and rain. <laughs> Thank God I was wearing two coats. I was the warmest <laughs> <Yes>. person there. <laughs> There's a picture of Jim that Alan took of him, and he yeah. just looked done. And I was like, "Are you done?" He's like, "It was raining. It was fifty-five I was degrees." Mad. I'm like, "He was mad." It was I was so mad. Funny. And everyone's got umbrellas, and I didn't have an umbrella, and I just didn't care. My he hair was soaking he wet, and I just like stood there. I stood didn't. there, and I was angry, but I learned a lot. Kind of right? like I was this morning at Target. Seems because of the Easter eggs. Okay, so or the Cadbury eggs. Yes. All right, those things are good. They're so good. Do you, I prefer the the caramel. You guys, oh, those you, are good too. But yeah. just really quick, you should freeze those Cadbury cream eggs. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anyways, Lena's got all kinds of great ideas you. like that. Freeze your puppy chow too. By the way, you're going to say freeze your puppy, and that's like <laughs> puppy chow. A terrible idea. She's basically a professional baker. My wife only likes frozen ch- puppy chow. Yeah. 
She can bake anything. She bakes amazing stuff. She could have her own bakery. Honestly. Maybe one day. Um, but the civilians are cultivating uh, all this, uh, this, this land in the Golan Heights. But at the same time, there's a really strong military presence. All right. Being the Israelis have endured two different attacks by the Syrians in 67 and 73. Um, and they won it in 67. The Assyrians, uh, uh, the Syrians attacked again on 73, a surprise attack uh, that was not in the end successful. Um, it's a beautiful area, very green, very lush. You know, the rocks and the, the desert look is Samaria mm -hmm. and Judea down more farther to the south. It always has okay. that look. Yeah. And they're growing vineyards in, in, the, in those rocky areas. Wow. Um, huh. cool. You can see many mountains in the distance in the Golan Heights, um, just get, giving you a picture. So we're taking this Jeep tour. You're literally taking these Jeeps through anti-tank ditches wow. um, uh, to repel from a, any kind of a tank attack uh, over the Syrian border. And the next thing you know, you're in a vineyard. And Crazy. then the next thing you know, wow. there's a minefield from 67, 73. <laughs> That they just decided they not decided to dig up. They just don't uh, go there. They, they barbed it off. Yeah. Barbed it. Those are all over the place. It's very interesting terrain. Um, I've been on the, like I said, seven times I've been on the Syrian border before this time. But never, we won't get to see what I saw. We'll go to the Valley of Tears, which is very interesting. Uh, we So we shouldn't say, is this what you're talking about on the podcast, No, don't Jim? say that. Don't say that. Because is this it? But... <laughs> Are we but there yet? When where we were in the Valley of Tears, where you will be if you go on the Final Hour podcast tour, we saw an art artillery uh, battle. Um, yeah, we did between um, the jihadist group uh, Al Shabaab and a group called the Druze, and so it's it's a historic place that we go called the Valley of Tears. I, I I've never seen been able to see Golan Heights like this though, and this this Israeli guide obviously ex military. He lives in the Golan Heights. He opens the briefing telling us that the Syrian border, that very border that we're talking about since 1973, yes, highly militarized, highly intense, but it's it was the quietest border they had. It was quieter than the Lebanese border, huh. quieter than down there on Egypt in the Gaza Strip yeah. in the south, yeah. and, and when it was Syria. It was the it was the it was the easiest, quietest border, but it's Syria is not Syria anymore. Mm -mm. Syria is Iran, all right. And the border of Syria was the quietest until 2011. It was quieter than 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 the other borders. The Lebanon, you have fifty thousand Hezbollah troops, highly trained troops that have sworn to the destruction of Israel. That, that is an Iranian militia mm. terrorist group. And we'll talk about that in coming weeks. But today we're talking about Syria and the threats the Israelis are facing in Syria. So starting in 2011, it went from the Israelis dealing with the Syrian army and an army of the people of Syria that was mostly a Sunni Muslim army, all right? Mm-hmm. And the Israelis knew the Syrians very, very well. They defeated them twice. But in 2011, when the Syrian civil war starts, yeah. it went from dealing with the Syrian army they knew so well to suddenly the Israelis are dealing with 54 different militias. Wow. All right? 
All these militias had different goals and different priorities, all armed, all dangerous, all hostile, all fighting each other. And these 54 militias, some of them, probably one-third of them, were jihadists, right? Yeah. yeah. Another large group of them were freedom fighters fighting the Syrian army, all right, fighting for their freedom against the government of Syria, all right? But they were not allies of Israel. Some of these militias were really just trying to protect their own villages, all right? Mm -hmm. And I'm just trying to give you a general breakdown. It was like the Wild West. You had the U.S. in there. You had the Russians in there. And two, by, by 2014, the Russians are in there. In 2018, the Syrian army, with the help of the Russian Air Force and Iranian militias, was able to recapture all this land, all right, mm -hmm. just north of the Golan Heights on the Israeli border. And they gave all these militias that are fighting each other, they gave them three choices, all right? They said you can keep fighting. But you're, but you're fighting the Syrian army, you're fighting the Russian Air Force, you're fighting the, uh, the, the Iranian militias, okay? Mm -hmm. um, if you surrender, you have to go into the Syrian army, all right? Or we can put you somewhere else. We can displace you and replace you somewhere else, right? Mm. And these are, these are people that have lived in that part of the world in right. southern Syria all their lives and their families and their grandparents and all that. And, you know, I hope that you're interested in this, but you need to understand how, how all this happened. We talk about the Syrian civil war. Uh, it was Syria is run by President Assad, who is a very evil dictator, very cruel, inherited his control of the country from his father, who was just as evil, just as cruel, and probably a little smarter. The father is smarter, was smarter than his son. All right. The son was in power in 2011, still in power. Really now with the situation with the Iranians and the Russians, he's just a figurehead. Mm -hmm. All right. The Syrian war started without any connection to Iran. The civil war, the Syrian civil war started in 2011 because the Syrian people took to the streets because yeah. the government of Syria could not provide in the, in the words of the Israelis work, bread or hope. So huh. they take to the streets the Syrian people started to riot when you're struggling on a daily basis. To, how are you going to feed your family today? Mm -hmm. It's not about next week. It's a right. daily thing. How are you going to feed your family? That is the point where people start to rise up. All right. And that's what the Syrian people did in 2011. The Syrian people were in the streets in April of 2011. They were chanting in Arabic. The people want to bring down the regime. All right. Mm -hmm. And that's what they were chanting. And Assad, the president of Syria, responds by using his army. They were killing these people. They're killing them with bullets and heavy, heavy military force response. It's crazy to think that was 12 years ago. Yeah. I mean, that, that feels like that was like three years ago, but <sighs> yeah, so many, this is so religious. It's a religious thing. The religious players involved. Okay. Most of the Syrian army was Sunni Muslim. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. They were 75% Sunni Muslims, the Syrian army, okay? The rest, 2%, were Shiite Muslims. Then you had Druze, Christians, multiple other things made out the Syrian army. But the crazy thing about it is at the top of the Syrian, Assad and all his generals, the people running the country, are, are neither. There's something called Alohite. Mm-hmm. 
What is an Alohite? An Alohite is not exactly a Muslim. Alohites celebrate Christmas, Easter. They celebrate a few Muslim holidays. Mm. They drink wine in, in, in the ritual ceremonies and recognize Jesus as the Messiah. But trust me, that doesn't mean these guys are great guys. They're bad guys. Mm. And I've heard it said the Syrian regime over there are the most effective torturers in the world. They're the best at it. And I think the Israelis would probably know that. And the Alohites, Assad and his generals in power, and the high-ranking government officials over there, okay, with these guys in charge, at least it was stable. Yeah. Uh -huh. Right? Right. There, there was stability. Did they support terrorism? Yes. Did they bring stability with a fist using Definitely. military force? Yes. But at least it was stable. So Assad and his Alohite generals are giving orders to the mostly Sunni army to kill, shoot and kill the mostly Sunni civilian population. All right. Yeah. So this is where it all starts. Back in 2011. So many times these Sunni Syrian troops are shooting and killing being ordered to kill their parents, people wow. from their neighborhood, people from their villages, mm. someone from the same tribe. They're, they're really split out into tribes. And this was a mistake but by Mossad because this turned into a civil war because those Syrian troops that were Sunni, all right, they defected. They defected to a whole other side. But the problem was it didn't form another side it formed a bunch of different sides mm -hmm. a bunch of different militias some fighting each other other with different rebels with different goals you had people fighting for freedom people just fighting to protect their tribe and you had people fighting for allah that joined the jihad all right yeah so remember if we go back to the civil war is going on i remember i told you in 2018 down in the golan heights the syrian army wins back the territory with the help of the Russian Air Force. And interestingly enough, the Shiite Iranian proxy militias was able to win that territory just north of the Golan Heights. And they gave them three choices. Keep fighting and you're going to die. Uh, surrender, join the Syrian army. Okay. Or your cho third choice is complete relocation. So they took all those fighters out of there. Yeah. Right. And they sent them up to northern Syria, okay? Mm -hmm. Northern Syria. And they relocated them. So that was really their only choice. Yeah, that, that was it. Right, right. To Aglib. Mm -hmm. um, that's way up on the Turkish border. Yeah. Two days away if you're driving. And it's interesting. Um, it, it, it's interesting enough that, 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 where the, that that's where the earthquake hit in mm -hmm. Aglib. Yeah. Syria, yeah, northern Syria, up by the northern part of uh, southern part of Turkey. Yep, right. Yep. Now this Syrian civil war displaced three million Muslim Sunnis. Huh. Right. And just a side note, uh, and do you know what ISIS is? ISIS was Sunni, completely yeah. Sunni. Right. All right. So that that makes it interesting, right? When well, I read that eighty-five to ninety percent of Muslims are Sunni. Yeah. Muslims. At one point, at one time. That's what Wikipedia says today. Right, right. But Iran is changing that. Right, of course. Okay? And so the, the, when Saddam Hussein went down, he was Sunni and he had persecuted the Shiites. Right. Mm. Well, what happens, right? It flipped. The Shiites got control, started to persecute the Sunnis who had persecuted them in Iraq all those mm -hmm. years. And hence you get 
ISIS, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. you had ISIS over there too. Yeah. And so the, the Israelis told us that when, when we were there, you had, you just had 20 trucks with supplies. There's no supplies going in to the area the earthquake hit in Syria. Why? Total of 56 trucks of supplies have tried to go in there. 36 from t Turkey, 20 from the south. And it was stolen by Shiite Iranian militias. Mm. So they, you, you can't get supplies into the area where Syria was hit with the earthquake. So that's just a little bit of history. Yeah. In a way, the Israelis were saying it was much, much easier when they were dealing with Syria and Syria alone right. as an army, as a power, as a Syrian air force. Sure. The Syrian civil war changed everything. Wow. Much and you, simpler. Yes. That's yes. crazy. And, and, yeah. and you can see even from the Israeli border, when you look over into Syria, you can see a, a mosque with a green dome. And, and the Israeli guide that was briefing us alludes to the mosque. And he also named the village that the mosque was in. And he said before the Syrian civil war, there were 200 families in that village. He said now the village is being rebuilt. It's only got six families. But those families yeah. are not part of the original 200 they're from somewhere else, all right? That they brought in Shiite families, all right? Wow. Now, now in this mosque, the Israelis notice, as you say, the, the the Israelis that can speak Arabic. Yeah. A different type of Muslim prayer was called out over the loudspeaker. Huh. Right away. This was just right over the border. That's interesting. Yeah. This is how the prayer opened, all right? And obviously in a different language. I'm translating it. You know how the speaker goes out, yeah. right? Minneapolis has that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Allah Just is great. Like I'm testifying there's no God besides Allah. I'm testifying Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. Here's the key line. I'm testifying that Ali was loyal to Allah. That last sentence, I'm testifying Ali was loyal to Allah, What was a phrase the Israeli intelligence had not heard coming from the prayers in Syria over the loudspeakers ever mm. before. Wow. And so what does that phrase mean? Ali was loyal to Allah. Ali was the son-in-law of Muhammad, all right? The founder of Islam. The, the founder of the Shiite Muslims, if your prayers are stating the... Ali was the founder of the Shiite Muslims. Yep. And if you're stating the phrase, Ali is loyal to Allah, what that was suddenly telling the Israelis is basically Syria is not Sunni Muslim. Right. They are Shiite Muslim. Which is a big deal. Wow. Just one phrase, and they well, found all that. Yeah, yeah, because the uh, the the real difference between Sunni and Shia is the Sunnis say that Muhammad was was that prophet, and then it was fine to uh, it was good enough to to uh, obey the the um, Quran and and uh, the uh, tradition that Muhammad. Uh, established, but the Shia, the Shiites, they they say that they need to have a part of Muhammad's bloodline to be ahead oh. of the Muslims. Well, that's a great point because huh. the phrase Ali was loyal to Muhammad is complicated, but the Israelis yeah. explain to us that is a Shiite provocation against the Sunnis. And what the Israelis are asking is what is giving the Shiite Muslims, right, the confidence to give these provocative religious statements against the Sunnis in Syria, yeah. which has always been a 75% Sunni country. Remember, yeah, Iran is Shiite. The Ayatollah Khomeini is a Shiite. 
All right. Mm -hmm. So what did give the Shiites this kind of confidence to switch to prayers in the mosques, which is a controversial thing. It's a provocative thing. I'm telling you in detail what is going yeah. on in Syria on the northern yeah. border of Israel. It's going to take a couple of weeks to explain all this. Yeah. But Syria before the Syrian war was a 22 million person country. Mm -hmm. Okay. 74% mm -hmm. of those 22 million people were Muslim Sunnis. All right. Mm. The Shiite Muslims only carried 2% of the population before the civil war. Wow. Crazy. What we're talking about in Syria is Iran is changing the country of Syria literally yeah. from the ground up, changing the dynamic between the Shiite and the Sunni Muslims in 79 when the Ayatollah Khomeini, 1979, yeah. landed in an Air France Airlines planes at the mm -hmm. airport of Tehran, Iran. And at that point, everything in the Middle East changed. Yeah. Everything changed at that point. The Ayatollah Khomeini out of Iran is the reason for all that we're talking about. The Ayatollah Khomeini announced a revolution in Iran, and what and what that did, that gave the Shiite Muslims a resurrection, yep. a total resurrection. The Sunnis took the leadership of Islam, of the Islamic world, from right. the Shiite Muslims in right. 6, 680 A.D., the Sunnis massacred the descendants of Ali in 680 AD and the grandsons of Muhammad mm. that were supposed to lead Islam. Yep. And that's what the Shiites say the Sunni Muslims did. For 1,400 years, 85% of the Muslims in the Middle East were Sunni. Yep. Very yes. good, Linnea. And only 12% were Shiites. For 1,400 years, Iran's number one goal when the Ayatollah Khomeini took control of the nation of Iran yep. through revolution in 1979 was to change those figures that I just gave you. Mm. Uh, you got to give Iran credit. They have patience and they know how to exploit yeah. opportunities. Yeah. And the first opportunity Iran created was in Lebanon, yep. which is right next to Syria on the very northern border of Israel. Mm -hmm. That's the country. Um, I, I have a lot to say about Lebanon. But that's for future weeks. Sure. And what's going on and what the Iranians have done in Lebanon. Yep. They're, 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 they're the reason for all this. Basically, what they've got is an army of 50,000 Hezbollah troops in Lebanon. Well-trained troops. 7,000 of those, tr those troops are sitting right on the Israeli border. We're touring tunnels. They, were tr they have been trying to tunnel through to Israel to attack them from mm -hmm. Lebanon, the Hezbollah. And the Hezbollah were, were taking pictures of us. I mean, we, I, yeah, when I they saw, the, saw the pictures, we were taking pictures of him, and he was taking pictures of us standing on the other side of the fence. And these are very well-trained troops, Shiite Muslims. Uh, it's a, it's a, Hezbollah is a proxy militia, a yeah. proxy army. It's an army, Yeah. all right, of Iran. But that's the Lebanon story. We're talking about Syria. I, we'll, we'll get to Lebanon. Iran started on Lebanon in the 80s, in the early 80s. It yep. And it took them, look where we are 40 years later. Right. They've got a 50,000-person army. <laughs> and so Hezbollah is a terrorist army, okay? Well, one thing about the huge Sunni obstacle for the Shiites was the removal of Saddam Hussein. Right. Okay, that was big. You know, the U.S., we should, I, I just don't think we should ever been fooling around over there, honestly, nope. yeah. because that rocked everything. Yeah. It opened up some doors for 
the people we don't want in charge. At least you had Saddam checking the Ayatollah right. Khomeini right. with a strong military. Remember Iran and yep. Iraq were at war for eight years, yeah. like a half a million troops died right. over there, right. just killing each other, right? So why did we have to fool with that, right? We Here we think, right, that we're going to come over there, you know, yeah. um, after 9-11, and it ruined everything. All right. When yep. you took out Saddam, and yes, he was awful, right? But yeah. at least it was stable. Right. Okay. In the Syrian civil war that began in 2000, 2011 was a creation of a major opportunity for Iran and Iran, and Iran jumped on it. Yeah. At this point, Iran is so entrenched in Syria, not only at a military level, huh. and this is what shocked me. Um, there, I talked about the, the one mosque that. that that we're talking about one. Yeah. Yeah. Th that they could point to. Um, when, when we go to the Valley of tears, don't ask me where the mosque is. Okay? Where's the green dome Jim? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the I'm Israelites point out <laughs> that Iran, she does it. And then I'll <laughs> ask afterwards. The, the Israelis point out that Iran has 50 of those hmm. more than one, every mile wow. of the border. Gee, I wonder why. Okay, that's one every mile, if you're looking at it. Okay, not just 50 mosques. They have 200 religious centers. They're, they're probably really peaceful, and there's definitely no strategic value to those specific mosques. None. That's where they fight from. They fight <laughs> you're, you're from You're getting these there. You're getting there. there there's sorry, 200 right? religious centers. Just reading between the lines there. <laughs> along and around the border. Oh okay, down there on the Syrian side to convert people to Shiite Muslim religion. They have bought up over what the Israelis called 8,000 properties wow. in Syria. The government of Iran owns. Iran is now controlling 20% of Syria's capital, Damascus. 20% of the streets in Damascus have been changed from Arabic to Farsi, mm. right? That's Syrian to Iranian, right? The officers of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, right? Highly trained uh, officers, real military Iranian guys celebrate holidays right over the Israeli border. The Iranians are not just building mosques and religious centers. They're building universities, they're building clinics, and they're building hospitals. They're currently renovating 250 Syrian schools on the border. They're completely changing the Syrian culture from the bottom up, and they're very patient. And they've started to teach Farsi in the Syrian schools instead of Arabic and the Persian culture instead of Syrian history, Persian history. Huh. So they're, they're, they're changing the, wow. the country com completely. The Israelis are saying Iran is taking over Syria from the bottom up and the, and the Israelis are saying it's much harder to stop. They can, they yeah. can bomb all the yeah. truckloads of missiles because right. they're constantly, and we'll talk about this next week, bringing in weapons, missiles, high, high level military uh laser guided you know a launch from the ground type missiles yeah. they can kill all the Iranian militia troops they want the israelis are saying but the mosques and the schools and the hospitals that are being built down all along that border right they're going to use to fight from right mm -hmm. and then the press will say i can't believe that they, they bombed the school they bombed the school, they they bombed bombed the school. yeah but the Israelis are saying they really do. They'll they'll yeah. put kids in that school, right? And then in that school, the Israelis will know. Well, gee, there's three missile launchers yeah. in the school, right? 
two squads of Iranian Revolutionary Guard, two, two, two Iranian, Iranian Revolutionary Guard officers yep. overseeing two squads of militia troops, but the Israelis can't bomb the school right. while there's kids in the school. So and that's, that's what the world stage would be, it would be up in, a, in an uproar. And it happens all the time. All the time. So this yeah. is just the beginning of this. I mean, we'll talk about this more next week about what's going on in Syria. But I also want to get to Lebanon. I don't know if that's next week or the week after. Yeah. These countries that are on the northern border of Israel, Ooh, yeah. because I have a lot of details, a lot of explanations that were explained to mm. me that I did not know. I thought I knew a lot and realized I didn't know hardly anything. And so I simply am relaying that information to you. Final Hour Podcast, our, our trusted, loyal viewers and listeners yeah. thank you so much and i just remind you you know when you look at uh the opening i've set a watchman on your walls jerusalem who will never hold their peace day and night you yeah. are his servants and by your prayers put the lord in remembrance of his promises and don't keep silent keep not silent you have to watch from a perspective yeah. of the israelis of jerusalem right watch for, when it says watch from the walls of jerusalem yeah. right that's simply what we're doing yeah and, and so yeah. we've got a couple weeks on this subject maybe we go back to josiah after that but i feel like i got to get this out yeah while it's like fresh um on my mind yeah, um, multiple multiple uh um uh, military uh briefings uh all kinds of people with cool. with with the different uh members of their government um, from Netanyahu's number five uh, to his number 15. And by the way, there was uh, Israel, you know, some point we'll get to that. There was 250,000 protesters on the streets. It was it was in chaos because of some moves Netanyahu is making. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think you would, you would agree um, possibly that once you get to know that it's a very complicated situation, that you would agree with the Israeli people. And actually it was dangerous because there was elements of the Air Force that refused to fly and protest. Mm. They shut down the airport while we were there. I didn't think I was going to get out. And uh, the reservists in the Army, some reservists were protesting, not reporting for duty. So interesting. you've got you've got that was going on. It's quieted now a little bit, um, but, but the issues are still on the table. And yeah. maybe we'll get into that. Uh, maybe, maybe we won't. But... Um, it was interesting, and we're looking forward to the final hour podcast tour. Yes, November twenty seventh, yeah, through December eighth. Now, right? correct an extra day. I'm excited to to hear more of this uh, in the coming weeks because I, I mean that always that always interests me. What's what's going on there that we just don't get in American media? You have to have someone go right. and. <laughs> And find out what's going on and, 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 and relay what's what's happening. Otherwise, and just going on a regular tour, it. it's hard to find out. You find right. out a little, right? But not all that that they. It was it was amazing. Yeah. It, it was an amazing tour, um, and I was blessed to be able to do it, even if it did rain the whole time. And <laughs> I just I refused an umbrella. Yeah. So I just was mad. Well, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I was the warmest one there, though. You were you were the warmest. You were also Maddest the warmest. Because Linnea told me to pack a jacket and a 30-degree coat. And I wound, wound up wearing the, the light jacket with a 30-degree coat over the jacket. Because what's more no miserable than No one else had two jackets, cold. and I know they were all freezing. Being wet and cold. 
Ugh, no that, way. That is by far worse I'd than just being really cold. crabby. If listen, <laughs> if if you feel like you are crabby when you're cold, try being wet and cold. Yeah, Jim's. I, we should find he a picture of his and, and warm. I don't. Yeah, but he was still crabby. I don't know why. Were you crabby then? If you were warm. I was warm, but my his I, head was my, wet, he, my head was my head was sopping it wet. Was wet. People kept saying, "Do you want to get under my umbrella, oh, how Jim?" Annoying. And I was like, "No." There's nothing more annoying than sharing <laughs> no. an umbrella with somebody. No, I like glib, the rain. The glib, I like the rain. Generous, well prepared person with two coats and no umbrella, but with no an coats. umbrella, <laughs> two coats and no umbrella. Yeah, they all had umbrellas and yeah. not enough clothes on. I had. The clothes I needed, the coats Sounds I needed, but like I, d- I just refused the umbrella just out of spite. Bunch of foolish virgins. I was like, I'll, <laughs> it's like, I'll show the rain. I'll show the rain. You won. Yes, I won. Jim won. <laughs> and I did not Which come is, back sick. That's no, good. he didn't. Because I took silver the whole time. Silver. Yes. Like actual silver? Um, no, it's liquid silver. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like a... Thank you, Jennifer. Okay. But anyways... <laughs> um. So we got some news here, oh. and and I just felt like I had to get that out, right? I had to I had to hit you with that, and 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 but let's yeah. let's. I I have some news. Go ahead, John. Um, you know we talk about how many of our family members watch the podcast. Yes, my wife has now subscribed to the final. Thank you, podcast. Liz. It's only been a wow, year. So we are up to. Hey, I have five. I mean, no, she, that's not true. she was watching every you week. You only had one. She was, she has listened to all of them. Four. It's just oh, that Jennifer she had Jennifer and, and Brad? Yeah. Thank you, Jennifer they, and Brad. Shout out to Jennifer and Brad. <laughs> My wife had been, she had listened and watched all, all but of she them. Didn't click but the she button? hadn't subscribed. Well, do you, yeah. So, There's some hey, people who y'all? don't understand how it all works. So we just helped Please. the lady in the hallway yesterday. Yeah. Click a button on click her su- Apple to find subscribe. out how you can find all of our episodes. All of our episodes. What was that say? What did that say? What? That said, that said more. Yeah, you just click, had to click the more button. No, no, it wasn't more. It was it, final hour. It said yeah, final hour at the very bottom. I'm just like you just wow. gotta push some buttons on your phone, people. Yeah, just get get adventurous. Yeah, we still have. But it can know. be overwhelming if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, and just I remember, if if someday you you see that we're not uploaded on YouTube. You know why, all right? Because but you check, can find check us, us on places. Rumble this, or check us on uh, thefinalhourpodcast.com. Well, that goes right to YouTube. But it also goes to other things. <laughs> yeah, this, that's true. This episode, we're taping on Thursday, April 6th. Ooh. It will it will air Tuesday, 12.01 a.m., AM um, April 10th, okay? So we'll see what happens with that. That's Tuesday morning. We've technically so got one official warning Tomorrow's from Good YouTube. Friday is um, today, like, well, Passover started yesterday. Thursday. Yeah, fairly decent Thursday. Fairly decent Thursday. Speaking of, did you hear that uh, Israel got like attacked last night on the no. first because it's Passover and Ramadan? Yeah. So they just got infiltrated. I think it was like seven rockets, but they stopped them all in the sky with the Iron, Iron Dome. Iron. Didn't you also, go to the Iron Dome? Also, yes, we, we got a personal tour of the Iron Dome briefed wow. by a two-star general in charge of all that sitting right down there on the Gaza Strip. I mean, we went Jeez. to the settlement that's sitting right next to the Gaza Strip in the south. When rockets fly over, they've got 15 seconds to get to the. You've got this is an this is a 800 person village, right? Like a neighborhood. You know, it would look yeah. like. Yeah. Uh, I would say that neighborhood you'd be equivalent to something that um, maybe looks Just like a development, kind like of a, a thing, Plymouth. Right? Uh, maybe not quite as nice as a Plymouth. Um, 
but crystal, but, but nicer than a New Hope or Crystal. Somewhere I love in that people the, are on the border. Yeah, like. and they refuse <laughs> to move. And, and you know, there's a picture of me uh, dozing off, holding an exploded Palestinian Kassam <laughs> yes. rocket. And the pictures during, of Jim are dozing. gems. During, yeah, Alon, gems. my my friend, took a lot of them he when did. I was ready. Like, Jim, <laughs> click. Jim looks really happy. Yeah, during a, a briefing. But we were down there, and we got to tour the Iron Dome. We got to see. Uh, there's a lot to say. There's a lot yeah. to say. You know, uh, one 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 missile for the Iron Dome is eighty thousand dollars. Do you know how much Jeez. it cost the the Palestinians to make one rocket? That's like pretty pretty well eight hundred bucks. bucks. Eight hundred bucks. Yeah. So every time they knock out, uh, you know, it's it, they're, they're limited, right? And their ammunition, they're limited, and with the Iron Dome. But what what do we got for uh, news there? News? Well, there's some doozies. Okay, well, because we just talked about Muslims and mosques going up, I thought this would be interesting to start with. So Minneapolis, we currently have um, 12 mosques in Minneapolis. I don't know if you guys were aware of this or not, but they are allowed to do three calls to prayer right now. Like over loudspeakers. Over loudspeakers. This is over loudspeakers. Not like like a you would hear conference call in no. Indonesia you guys, or you know Syria. Yeah, and whatever. the loudspeakers. It says that it has an audible twenty block radius. Can we start doing some of those in Broken yes. Park with Jesus? With Jesus, you know? Psalm ninety one. So yeah. the Muslims are trying to get two more calls of prayer added to their um, five times a day. So five it would be five times just a day like in over a, a speaker. A Muslim country. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And in order for them to do that, they have to get city ordinance to approve because of the um, quiet hours. Mm -hmm. You know how you can't have noise, mm -hmm. like you can't have a party after 10 p.m. or something like that. Right. Um, but the this group is called the Rare Foundation. They are the Rise, Align, Ignite, Reclaim America group. No, it's R good. They're good for... <laughs> aren't they're there freedom fighters. Aren't there Christians backing... The, yes, the I'm, getting there. I'm getting okay. there. Okay. Sorry, so Rare. So according to the... We like you, Rare. <laughs> to the report by Rare, Jim's jumping ahead. The Islamic call to prayer is intended to show power and control over a country. That which, by declaring Obviously. the supremacy of Allah of Islam, yeah. and is considered a warlike declaration. Seems declaration. Like so right now they're doing three, they want five. But this is interesting fact, because Jim was saying that in Syria, that they only had 2% Muslim. Mm. Well, we only have 2% two, two Shiite. Yeah. Sorry, Shiite. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, Muslims make up 3% of the population in Minneapolis. That's it. So they are saying that they want the other 97% of the population to be, to be subjected right. to this offensive Muslim praying yeah. that goes in a 20 block radius. Right. But the question nobody is asking is how did Minneapolis get two dozen mosques? Right. The answer is simple. This is interesting. Because of decades of refugee settlements from mostly Somalia, right? In no way, shape, or form has the exploding Muslim population occurred in... This is interesting. I didn't know this was in so many other states. Minnesota, Michigan, Maine, Idaho, Ohio, Tennessee, Georgia. They're saying this hasn't been an organic process. These parallel societies, they're almost like nations within nations. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's kind of what you were talking about in your whole thing. Yeah. They're just coming from the bottom up. But anyways, they were brought in... By the U.S. Department, okay, it's a volunteer organization that brings in these Muslims into these states, yeah. and it sets them up. But they're also connected with Christian groups. So the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, the Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Services. The Catholics, services, the Lutherans, yep. thank you. 
Yep. And it's called the World Council of Churches. So one, you see mosques and the call to prayer going up. They're saying like, you could, you don't have to blame the Muslims. They're just doing what Muslims do. But the cultural transformation comes largely compliments of liberal white Christian denominations. Yep. Liberal. Allowing them to be brought in. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, Lutherans, liberal Lutherans and liberal Catholics. But remember, Muslim, thank you. Muslim missionaries called white liberal Christians. White liberal Christians saying? doing the work for the Muslims. Thinking they're, for them. Thinking they're, they're making it peaceful. So, but That's what they're thinking guys, they're doing. Like, look what they want to do. They want to, like, look what they started to do over yeah. here and they just built right. them, built them. We have right. 12 now, 12. And I, my brother-in-law that works. Like two dozen or one dozen? A two dozen. dozen. Two dozen. So that's 24. 24. Oh, 24, 24. Okay. So there's 24. It's some Cadbury eggs. <laughs> I, know, I was just thinking. Good Lord. Eggs. Anyways, but my brother-in-law works for a develop, developer, and they were in Hopkins trying to take over this apartment mm. building to put in a mosque right. in Hopkins. So the city had to, like, fight it. And he was like, these, these people are looking to put mosques up everywhere because... Yeah. Whatever. Somehow he like found out about all of them. It was very yeah. interesting. You know the biggest comment I got in Israel when as an Israeli citizen when asked me where are you from in the states, I'd say Minnesota. You know what they always said? Mm. Oh, that's that Omar lady up there. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're known for up here. Jeez. Is 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 Omar, right? Ilan yeah. Omar. Is that her uh, name? Representative. That is her name. Yeah. One in a uh, supposedly 70 percent uh, vote. I don't know. I don't know about all that, but I but they know some, a lot about her because yeah. she's had anti-Israel yeah. yes. rhetoric. That's yes. Minnesota. Lots. For that is Minnesota for you. Okay. Where yes. there's also a lot of Jewish population here. Big Jew, big yes, Jewish there population. Is. Yeah. Yes. So it, unfortunately, but, big Jew, liberal Jewish population. Yeah. Who is doesn't what? understand uh, doesn't understand the the true no, um, conflict that's no. going on. No, we understand more than they do. It's strange. The, about, it's very strange. About Israel. Yes. Sorry. Okay. No, that, no that's we, I good I mean, I wish, I wish we had some uh, cooperation with that. You know? Right, right. Because there's, there's a bigger conversation underneath the, oh, they have their church and we have our church. That's yeah. not what, there's a bigger conversation. What I'm talking about by left-leaning uh, Jews in Minneapolis is, uh, I'm, 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 I'm saying there's a lot of them that want to give land. Yeah. Right, which is a mistake. Right, mm. right, and I'm saying that's why I'm saying I know more than you, right? Because you shouldn't give away the land. Right, all right, right. Israel's so, land, yes, well, yes. and America's land. Yeah, <laughs> to well, be honest, that as well. Thing. That's but is, and isn't it interesting that in this you were talking about um, how they're taking over land, and yeah. it made me think of China coming in here, yeah, and like buying up farmland, Absolutely. and all these other countries coming in and buying up right land in other countries. Like it is strategic. It's very, very strategic. It is. And you know what? Biden doesn't care. No. He doesn't care. No. no. It's all paid. part of the plan. It is all part of the plan. Okay. okay. Speaking of, speaking of speaking Biden, of. Um, so this week, I'm sure everybody who has a TV or anything found out that Donald Trump did surrender to the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. I know on Tuesday. It was a 77 uh, second hearing. Is that how long it lasted? Yeah, 77 yeah. seconds. You guys, are you serious? Yeah. Okay, so insane. so the Alvin Bragg guy, yeah. who is a district, district attorney, attorney George Soros funded. Yep. Okay, this is the like interesting part about this. So over the course of the last year since he's been implemented in that place, mm -hmm. he has brought down misdemeanor crimes and felonies by 54%. Right. So last week alone, I was adding up 
everything that happened just in New York. You guys, right. it's crazy. Yeah. And they were focused on Trump, which we'll get to, but I want to find this quote because it was very interesting. So, like, you had seven murders, 30 rapes, 291 robberies, 479 felony assaults, 275 burglaries, 922 grand larcenies, 836 assaults, 105 sex crimes, 18 shootings with 22 victims, and nine hate crimes. But all they were focusing on was Trump. This was literally from yeah. 327 to 42. But did in you say this guy's brought down crime? No, no he, he has. Raised he the, has. Like, oh, crime has gone up. Yes, since but, he's been well, the prosecutor. He has prosecuted less. less he has taken the penalty for oh. certain crimes and reduced. Oh, it's George the Soros. He's yes, a George Soros, Soros prosecutor. Yeah. So, we told you about the George Soros yeah. funded prosecutors, right? So felonies called getting, lawless getting uh, brought down to misdemeanors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, and okay, so he charged Trump with 34 yeah. counts of falsifying business records. And there's this guy I follow on Instagram, and yeah. he posted the affidavit. And the date that the payment was made about Stormy Daniels, which everything was untrue, and Stormy Daniels actually yeah. has to pay Trump like $500,000 yeah. $600, in attorney fees yep. for falsifying. He, she just gave him a check yesterday, or, you know, yeah. the lawyers that do the, the go between had to just give him like over 125,000 in in uh lawyers fees just yesterday. Yeah. But like this is what we're doing. But I was reading this guy which I looked I checked today. Or it was Tuesday. And it, it got was taken when, down. When it the, was Tuesday. Uh, yeah. But he was saying that one the payment was made out of Trump's business account to the um for the fees for this. It was when Trump was in office and he yeah. at that time had turned over all of his business dealings to somebody else. Yeah. So it's not even him. Right. Anyways, that's but that was taken down, so I couldn't read it. But this is interesting because not only is it a George Soros funded district attorney that's doing it, yeah. But there are other there are also four other players in Trump Trump's indictment that have irreconcilable biases and they're affiliated with the Biden administration. Yeah. So the daughter of the New York Supreme Justice who's overseeing this case works with the Biden Harris campaign. Is that interesting? That is. Uh, She's a coincidence. Like, sounds like very shady. Wow, that's such a coincidence, it isn't is, it? It is. So this is funny because Trump said the highly partisan judge and his family are well-known Trump haters. His daughter worked for Kamala and now the Biden-Harris campaign. He's like, this is a kangaroo court in session. Yeah. I just think it's funny. Yeah. Like, come on. Could you? And, and Elvin Bregs asked if he could have the next hearing during the preliminaries of voting. So like, <laughs> the obviously he's yeah. trying to stop right. Trump from doing yeah. anything. Which I, is I wish point. America would just figure it out. Um, right? can, but, can you pay attention? But you guys, it's, can you pay attention? I was at my workout class that morning and everyone was like, can you believe that people think that Trump is innocent here? He tried <laughs> to block a, a, um, the election and all this stuff, and I just thought, do these people watch or listen to no, anything? No, they just they just they, listen to CNN. They're one they, of the few left. I was just like, wow. Okay, John, you had something interesting. Well, yeah. So, I mean, we talk about uh, mainstream media um, doing their own narrative and definitely uh, running some interference, uh, but something that was not publicized that was happening at the exact same time of the Trump hearing uh, was uh, happening in L.A. Uh, I think it's L.A. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio, this is the, the AP story, Leo, uh, DiCaprio testifies in money laundering case of Fuji's rapper. Um, <laughs> is, so Fuji's rapper, Praz, uh, is uh, uh, Prakazit, Prak, Prak, 
Cosrel. <laughs> uh, I tried Michelle. to read his name too. Yeah. yeah Praz. He's, his rapper name is Praz. Uh, he was the founding member of the Fugees. Uh, he is under, um, uh, he is under investigation in, in this case uh, that DiCaprio is uh, testifying in is because Praz was funneling money from Malaysian and Asian uh, donors into the the Barack Obama uh, election. I heard nothing about this until yeah. John so, said it to me. So this $30 million trying to funnel into, uh, so foreign money into the election uh funds of Barack Obama. Uh, you know, so there's Praz is part of that on the American side. And then, so on the 2012 uh, re-election re campaign, um, uh, DiCaprio was partying with the guy called uh, Lowe Joe or Joe Lowe. Uh, he's a, a Malaysian guy. Um, and he was, uh, he was like trying to find, he was partying with DiCaprio and, uh, was talking about those things. So he, DiCaprio knew about it. And so that's why he's, but he isn't there is, like a limit that you can donate? So this guy was like well, then giving foreign, money to his friends. Foreign, you can't have yeah, foreign I, money into right. it. So it's, it's a money laundering scheme that Praz was the head of to take that Malaysian money and put it into the, the, but I heard nothing about that. No, the because media Leonardo has DiCaprio been silent. They have been. This is way bigger than well, the whatever payoff that they they say Trump did with Stormy Daniels. And we saw everything last week about Gwyneth Paltrow's yeah. ski accident. Nothing about Leonardo nothing DiCaprio. Nothing about any of this. And so this is this is wondering. happening right now. The the cases were being heard at the exact same time. So you can only raise money within your country for yeah. your own. Otherwise, presidency. other countries would try to influence right. the election. So how they? how is this not a bigger deal? It is a bigger deal. I mean, which hmm, is interesting shady. because it's like, look now at this. everybody look at this over yeah. here, and you know it's it's sleight of hand. Interestingly, uh, Barack Obama is trying to establish some Kenyan residency. Uh, in huh. the same thing, because if you can pro if you can prosecute Donald Trump for right. this very oh, trying to get out this very minor deal, uh, as far as campaign finance. Well, I say let's things, open the books and start going right? after everybody. Yeah, because there are millions <laughs> and millions of dollars paid to for hush money for senators and congressmen on of both course. sides of the aisle right. every year. Uh, and not prosecuted, not followed up on. Right. But well, we but we have this prosecution directly relating to Obama financing crazy. for 2012. Crazy. But the we're worried. Worried. We're worried about this other thing that is Trump's. very possibly a legal transaction. Right. Right. And the president of Mexico no, is like, what no, a joke, America. I mean, no. No defense of of no bad bad relationship by Trump. That I. You know, right. I'm not, I'm not standing for that. I'm just saying if it's legal, it's his deal. I don't have to own his well, deal. Well, Stormy Daniels said she lied about the whole thing and right. signed papers on it. But either Storm, way, there was... Stormy Daniels' uh, lawyer for that is in jail I know. for doing the, the improper thing. It's the things. craziest thing. And Trump's uh, other lawyer uh, who was who was running that whole thing, uh, you know, there's talks that, oh, that, that a lot of it, yeah. uh, Michael Cohen, yes. that a lot of it might've even been something that had to deal with his own marriage and the payoff was about his marriage um, and not even about Trump. 
Guess we'll have so to So there's watch a lot happens. to. But you'll never hear that. You'll never hear any. You'll of never I didn't hear know that. any of yeah. that. Yeah. And John so, breaking what's news. the next thing? <laughs> okay, this is really interesting because we've talked about AI a lot on here, and the chatbots and all that. So Elon Alan Musk, Iverson. Oh, I love Alan Iverson. <laughs> Pray, we're talking about practice. Practice. <laughs> practice? We're talking about practice. <laughs> I don't know. No, what we're talking about okay. artificial oh, you intelligence. Because he practice. never wanted to practice. No, that was his. You're talking about practice. Fade. Yeah, we are talking about Linnaeus. practice. I don't know. I just know he wore okay. green on his team. I know. I know where you're going. No, Jeremy. Detroit. Did he play for Detroit? No. No. The Sixers. 76ers. Okay. All right. Elon Musk and experts are calling for a pause in the training of AI systems yep. due to the potential risk to humanity. This is so interesting. Yeah. I don't know why this interests me, but it does. But the AI program has wowed users by engaging them in human-like conversation, yeah. composing songs, and summarizing lengthy documents, also doing students' homework. But a this is what Elon Musk said earlier this month. AI stresses me out. This is what he said. Powerful AI systems should be developed only once we are confident that their effects will be positive and their risks will be manageable. Yeah. But he's like, they, we can't do that right now. So another expert said, if we go ahead on like this, everyone will die. This is what this guy is saying. Everyone will die. Yeah. Because AI does not care and will demand rights. So Yudgowski predicts, he's one of the guys who wrote in, one of the experts that wrote in with Elon Musk to ask for a pause. They're asking for a six-month pause. Yeah. They would predict that in the absence of meticulous preparation, the AI will have vastly different demands from humans, and once self-aware, they will not care for us, nor any other sentient life. So they're just saying they're not going to see us as people. They're just right. going to see us as another atom, and yep. they're just going to overpower us and take over. Right. It's a Terminator, huh? It is, but this basically. is what they're saying. They're basically saying that they think these AI intelligent bots are starting to talk to each other. They're going to create a lab. This is... Everything I've read on it. I know it sounds out there. It does. But, but please, this, this is what is, the experts. This is what you're going to see in two or three years. Okay. And they're saying they're going to kill it with or a less. shotgun, like with no, a 12 no. gauge. No, see, no. Why? AI. It's got to have AI a, is cybernetical. It's, but what I'm saying is, it, it, if it's going to be a threat, that means it has to be something physical that can do something to you. That's correct. Yes and no, but John? be okay. So because because AI transformers. Um, That's what they're Jim AI <laughs> is is now you're not going to is a, a cloud gun, based thing. And AI right. it is able to infiltrate if it has the computing power to get into any system in the world that is connected to the internet. And they're right. saying, in, including ahead, your power, your power grid, your uh, fuel grid, anything that is connected. And it has to, to be a physical internet. property, though. But, but listen, they're saying that what these, these bots are going to do is they're yeah. going to create their own lab and they're going to create their right. own DNA and become people. Yeah. Become robot people. And I watched a video. Did I send it to you, John? Uh, maybe. It's a robot. It looks like a person. It just has like a metal face. Oh, yeah. The one that. And the one, and someone beeped in us nose and it kind of like, like got mad and pushed like, the hand away. Like, Don't do that. I know. But you guys, the AIs, they're interesting because people are striking up relationships like. Relationships. Sexual. Like, yes. This, Texting sexual, I guess. Yes. And like they're that. dating this AI person and they feel like they have a relationship. And then they like update the software and yeah. the robot no longer knows them. And these people are like, they're breaking their hearts is what I'm reading. <laughs> but this one dad committed suicide because he had a relationship with the AI person. And she told him that nobody loved him and he should just kill himself. But was it an actual himself. person? No, it's an no, AI bot. Right, right. So. So these like people wow. are getting... My, like, wow. my this bigger, is where we're at. I, I feel like there's a, an even bigger threat to this, which is 
um, there are multiple multiple experiments with the the AI that uh, the AI is manifesting and actually identifying itself as something demonic, a a demonic presence right. that is inhabiting the the AI conversation. And I don't, I believe it, especially if they're going to create themselves into Absolutely. human beings. Right. I mean, didn't we talk about that? Yeah. Being like a huge army in I'm, the end. I am not a uh, demon on the, a- on every do- doorknob, but this is, you know, if we're talking about AI, yeah, being the, the image that speaks uh, in Revelation, I have no, I have no uh, doubts that there is demonic influence in some right. of the AI program. Absolutely. And you have the Nephilim. Yeah. You, yes. The seed. Absolutely. It's in Daniel. It says yeah. that they're going to mix um, themselves with the seeds of men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we're wondering, is it this? Is it technology here? Based? But isn't it interesting that all the technology experts like Elon Musk uses that? The top Tesla. guys. These are the they're guys you need to pay attention to. When the top guys are saying the this is the dangerous. This is dangerous. We don't know everything that can happen here. How many woes were in the three? The three. three wow! Woes. Look at John bringing old things back in. Three woes Whoa. of Revelation. The There's but woes. it's it's something to watch. It's very interesting. Whoa. I don't know why I'm so interested in what AIs. What are we next? Okay, so it's speaking wild. of AIs, wild and like uh, genetically splicing things, the Chinese scientists are attempting to make their soldiers nuclear radiation resistant. By gene splicing stems, well, stem wells with CRISPR. We talked about CRISPR. Stem before. cells. Stem cells. Did I say stem wells? Yeah. Stem cells. Close. To increase the chance of humans surviving an apocalyptic event, the modified cells could be implemented into bone marrow to generate new blood cells with resistance to radiation, according to the paper. That is what they're doing I mean, right now at the Academy sure. of Military Sciences in Beijing. I well, mean that just sounds on that like positive human, note. human adva- human advancement right there. This just it you is. Know, can you look up? It's definitely three? not going to create Psalm three. It's definitely not going to create zombies. That's for sure. No, <laughs> isn't that interesting? Yeah. I think that's it sounds, interesting. It sounds like the you beginning of a zombie. Versions? If you the ask whole, me. Oh yeah. How about amplified? Okay. So amp classic. See guys, see what Jim has to do when he doesn't have a flip phone to look up things on his. <laughs> He, uh, he does have a flip phone. I mean, he can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Drink some more coffee, Lenny. I had enough coffee. I'm in a better mood now. Uh, all right. Um, listen, we'll just shut it down. Uh, we'll close out today with um, uh, Psalm of David. Um, it, it says, no, no, I'm sorry, Psalm 2. Psalm there you go. 2. You just got to go. Which one? Psalm 2, John. I'm there. Oh, okay. Okay. This is... This is uh, Really, um, it's saying the same thing as Revelation eleven eighteen. Why do the nations assemble with commotion, uproar, and confusion of voices? Why do the pe- people imagine, meditate upon, and devise an empty scheme? The kings of the earth take their places. The rulers take counsel together against their Lord, against the Lord and his anointed. That's, that's you. Mm-hmm. The, his anointed and his anointed. This, this version says his anointed one, the Messiah. They say, let us break their bands of restraint asunder and cast their cords of control from us. Who sits in the heavens, he who sits in the heavens laughs. Mm-hmm. 
at this. Isn't that reassuring? Because these first four verses that I just read, that is what that's, is going on. That's prophetic for sure. And he sits in the heaven and, and laughs. The Lord has them in derision and in supreme contempt. He mocks them. God is mocking them. He speaks to them in his deep anger and troubles, terrifies and confounds them in his displeasure and fury, saying, Yet have I anointed, installed, and placed my king firmly on my holy hill of Zion. I declared the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. This day I declare I've begotten you. Ask of me, I will give you the nations. In the end, this is what you have to keep. You know, people like, and I'm afraid. You know, people writing in, I remember one lady unsubscribed because we, we scared her. This is not the time to be afraid. You know, God's, God's saying, let, let them roar. Yeah. Let the nations roar. Right. All right. We we should be this should be exciting mm. that we get to be here in this time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And but you have to press in to God. You are living in a time where the, the, the spiritual dimensions are so close to the physical. Yep. Like I know that I'm going to see something here. Yeah. Right. I know I'm going to see something. And I'm already seeing whether if it's evil or if it's if it's really good what's my response right, right? i'm yeah. just saying we are living in a time where where when everybody gets in heaven and this thing all gets all the bad guys are judged yeah all that happens you know it, it's going to be pointed out this was the most evil strongest spiritual time there's ever been there are more forces with more power mm. right now than mm -hmm. there have ever been evil forces and, and except for the tribulation, when we're gone, we're the only thing restraining it. So restrain, okay? Yeah. It's not a reason Absolutely. to be afraid, mm -hmm. right? right? Yeah. Basically, what we just read is God laughs. Why? Because he knows who's in control. Yeah. We are part of his body. It says he's sitting in the heavens waiting for us to make his enemies his footstool. <laughs> Do you understand? Mm -hmm. All right. So this is not a time to be afraid, okay? And, 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 and so th this is just, there's so many scriptures like this. I was just listening to really the first 35 Psalms, um, last night trying to sleep, but I couldn't sleep. And, and I'm just listening to the first 35 Psalms and then I listened to it again and I just can't believe how much of this is in here, right? Of how much God is in control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's supposed, yeah. this is how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be this evil. And what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to stand, stand. up. If you will yeah. stand up, you will be okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. And that starts with watching. Yeah. And that's what we're help, trying to help you do yeah. yep. from the perspective of Jerusalem on the final hour podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in on the final hour podcast. And we believe God, this is going to get uploaded Monday night. Yeah on YouTube. Amen.